Maddie, I thought we were a deadlock for like 5.25 there for a while. A five and five and a half dominated the front half of this mm-hmm. rating portion. But then we sort of got some popcorn at the end. Did you have any sense of where the chat is on this one? Honestly, it actually turned out quite it turned out pretty well because he had a lot of five and a halves. And then he had some detractors that went up and some detractors that went down. I think we stayed very much at a five point five. I'm gonna say I'm gonna lock us in at a five point five average on that one. Uh, which is perfect because some people took some people were just like, ah, it was good and it was bad, and others just said it's just good and just bad. That's averages for you, bud. That is exactly what we're trying to find here, and I love that. Now, Maddie, based off of not seeing one minute of the show tonight, how does that hit your ears, the, let's say, five and a half average from the chat? Honestly, five and a half seems like a very forgettable score. Mm. Uh, and I, I, I looked, I, I read through a little bit to try to find a title for tonight's show. Right. And uh, nothing really stood out to me other than Ric Flair being potentially super kicked into dust. Uh, <laughs> more on that later, of course. Yeah, the baby face Christian turn. Yeah, <laughs> exactly that. And that coming tonight. Exactly what they were trying for too. I'm sure they knew that people hate Ric Flair. Um, what are you gonna do? Danny DeRosha kind of spiritually aligned with me in the chat here tonight, saying, and I didn't see what his score was, but saying compared to the last few weeks, this show felt like a seven. And I, I totally get what you mean. Like I felt very off the train, and tonight had a lot going for it. I have a hard time giving it over a five, though. Again, this show is plagued by stuff that sucks shit, and they could just replace it with stuff that rules and people who aren't on the show. But the show did have way more high points than the weeks prior. I loved the first half hour. Tough score this week. Okay, maybe I can give it a five. Like, he's kind of a weird score. I'm going to give it a four, seven, five. I had Okada. Okay, Okada gets it to five. (laughs) <laughs> thank you aw we know where strickland watches this and is in the discord whoever's running it up the pipeline uh you can go you can go give a handshake to the rainmaker you got to the five uh from me tonight only because of him without kazuchika okada we're we're, we're at the, the fours that is crazy to me though that okada in the year of our lord 2023 him that very same Okada only gets you 0.25 these days. Tough times for Dynamite. Tough times. Well, yeah, it's weird. Just the presence of Okada on Dynamite isn't a seven automatically, and uh, not his fault, obviously. He is it a, a is it a question of you're trying too hard, uh, and you can smell it? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I, maybe. Well, I think that's something I could probably answer at the end of the show easier. But I think that's a good hypothesis that we can test up against as we get through the show, bottom to top. And thank you, Stakeabuns, for playing that sound alert. I mean, Matt probably didn't do that much to that one, but still, I'm sure he appreciated it. <laughs> if it sounded like, oh, <laughs> yeah. or somehow even higher pitched, that's me. It, it's two and a half minutes of that, and instead of the wicked guitar riff, it's like a shreds version of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I yeah, might have to now. do. I might have to do some sort of Okada sound alert because that's sort of a legacy sound alert. Your sure. class, your classic, uh, already uploaded to soundalerts.com or whatever the website is. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, you know it's funny to think about that. There are pre-Matt A Double Dudes days. I like having you here very much. I love being here. Dynamite opens up this week, and I like this a lot uh, with Renee Paquette, former coworker of the Zoobs. 
uh, backstage with MJF. Now, this is before we've seen the crowd, the dynamite set, the open is here, Renee. Um, let me talk to world champion MJF. And this isn't exactly what I would do if given the microphone with Renee Paquette, but he goes, let me make a quick phone call. And he calls his buddy Adam Cole. He gets Adam Cole on the line. He says, Adam, oh, you finally answered. He's all excited, about to tell him about what's going on tonight. And then Roderick Strong and the kingdom wheel in. And uh, Roderick does the Adam yell. I refuse to do it on air. Uh, but that, we all know what I'm talking about. Adam! Very nice. And uh, he does the yell. And Adam Cole goes, oh, I'm going to call you back later, MJF. And MJF goes, well, that's very understandable. And now here... We finally get some movement on, and again, we know that somebody at AW is watching this show, on the follow-up from the, who was the devil man that beat down Jay White? I mean, we had this seed planted, I'm not really sure, probably a full month ago now, a full month ago now, I would think, and we haven't really had a lot of follow-up on it. Roddy goes, we all know you're the man behind the devil mouse, but what if we just pretend it's us for a little while? You, we know that you could use the help. MJF hates this idea. He pushes Roderick Strong's wheelchair just out of frame, which is good. That is a good physical gag. It also mirrored, I don't know if, Matt, you saw the former Brian Pillman Jr., now Lexus King debut in NXT last night, where he he, sli he slides in on this chair. And the way the, the NXT 3.0 fans are reacting, you, you think it was the second coming of Christ. They're like, you see, you see him coming on the chair? Oh, my, on the chair, the chair. I saw it. I seen it. Call me Shania Twain. That don't impress me much. Uh, your interest level in NXT and Brian Pillman Jr. is like King being positioned as sort of a main character over there. Uh, my position, I get the NXT emails. I, I'm not sure oh, why. Yeah. I get, I get NXT, the raw ones. Yeah. I, I get NXT emails. And uh, I thought it was interesting his Instagram post saying, I am nobody's son. Uh, so saying he's not, like, he's sort of siding with the fact that he's not, you know, he's not Brian, Brian Pillman Jr., uh, my understanding yeah. is that though they referenced Brian Pillman Sr. in his debut. Well, they dressed him exactly like him, if that's what you mean. They, they uh, gave him a theme that is extraordinarily reminiscent. I would say he's as on the nose as Braun Breaker not being Rex Steiner's. <laughs> so that's, I, I would say it's a very uh, direct parallel. Oh, oh, Cadenza's exactly right. I hear they're calling it OXT now. It's OXT, not NXT 3.0. They've moved on to 4.0, which is OXT because they've got all the superstars of yesteryear on there. Oh, I gotcha. Old XT. Whatever XT stands for. Oh, this is the thing. This is, <laughs> this is what killed me about all the people trying to riff in my comments on that joke on Twitter. NXT doesn't stand for anything. That's the joke. 400 <laughs> people being like, oh, my back champion extreme talent <laughs> ouch jesus oh you're doing it right after i said how much i hate it sorry what you said something about hating it <laughs> here i like mjf a lot he shoves these guys the kingdom go chasing after him and then he switches gears he's a little lighthearted with adam and these guys and then he goes jay white tonight in philly i got a bullet for you and i'm not gonna miss and he seems very serious and anchored, and I like this MJF a lot. And then, boom, we kick into Dynamite, and we hit the stage. I just really like the opening with the promo, and then right into it. doesn't have to be the biggest thing on Earth, but um, I like this. A collision does this. I, I think the chat knows. It opens with a video segment or a promo, and then they get into it. And uh, I just like that format. I, I like it a lot. Works for me. 
I don't know. It makes the song hit harder somehow. It's like, ah, but, ah, but, ah, but. it reminds me of Saturday Night Live, I guess. It almost feels like MGF is about to be like, and this is Wednesday Night Dynamite. Let the fuse. <laughs> like, maybe it's that that I'm thinking of, but I like it. And I thought the promo was good. It'd be a lot so, cooler if uh, Elton John was in some way involved, but I'm with absolutely. you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is a genuine shame that Collision's theme song kicks the ass of Rampages and Dynamites like up and down the block. Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting is maybe my favorite wrestling TV show intro ever. It legitimately gets me hype every time I'm watching Collision. I never get sick of it. It's great. It's so good. Now, is there a song that says Wednesday other than uh, mm. Flight of the Concords? It's right. Wednesday. Well, Robert and, Smith must say something about Wednesday and Friday. I'm in love with it. Monday's blue, Tuesday's gray, and Wednesday too. So, so you, if you want to give the idea of Wednesday being gray, so Jaconda and myself hashtag play gray. Let's go. Um, I thought this was a great opening to Dynamite. And now we get to the, and I got a lot to say about this. Good. The... <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And that plays to our favor. <laughs> Uh, Josh, As... Josh, if I may. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't remember that. Was it the week you were off that there was sort of the controversy with uh, Juice Robinson and the quarters and that was two, MJF? That was two weeks ago. It was revealed that that's something that uh, Juice had done before, but I'm not sure how it resolved because I missed last week. No problem. Well, not much addressed. And tonight is sort of the match payoff to that, we'll say, heated moment from a couple weeks ago. So I was excited going into this. Juice is out, accompanied by the guns. I, of course, think viewers of the channel know what a big fan I am of this act of Jay White, Juice Robinson, and the guns. And separate together, I I like all of it. Like, I like every piece of it and when they're together. Uh, Zoobs is saying he needs to be let into the room, Matt. Uh, or maybe you could just message him about that in somehow. I certainly cannot talk about the segment and figure out how to get Zoobs on air at the yeah, same yeah. time. I got you. <laughs> Thank you. Um... So it's Juice Robinson walking out with the guns to take on MJF. And MJF goes right at him. I complain about this in matches all the time where there's this big heated rivalry and then they circle each other, test of strength, headlock, chain wrestle. MJF just pounces on Juice Robinson. He goes for ground and pound right in the middle of this match, which is genuinely fantastic and the right way to go about this. And you immediately, or at least I was reminded, he has real reason to be mad at Juice Robinson, and that's coming across, and I feel sucked right into this match. And and I will just say right out the gate, um, I love this match. I really, really, really like this match, uh, Juice Robinson versus MJF. Now, I think MJF TV matches largely do deliver. I think the story that they are full-on telling now is MJF wrestles more now. He's going to get tired, and that's ultimately what's going to cost him his belt. But before we continue on in this segment, let's bring him in. I don't know if he's on screen yet, but he's he's standing, he's shaven, <laughs> he's he's looking f phenomenal. The man of a hundred likes has joined us tonight. Thank you, Matt, for your co-hosting out the gate. And now we, the actual Zoobs, the Zoobs joins us. Hey, big brother, how you doing? Thank you for fumfering uh, and covering. I appreciate that very much. Feeling Not good. Not a problem. Some some small tech that I one of those things I just can't explain what happened or why why it was wrong and why it's fixed now. It just is. Uh, and we're here now, so feeling good. And 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 you know, I sort of like I sort of had to like uh, create a thing that nobody knew about that happens out of nowhere tonight to fit in with the theme of the show. Of this, like, <laughs> this crazy thing pops off in the middle of dynamite. Uh, I had to do it myself. 
the show was at its best when Tony was either snorting out or all or just doing really, really fine cocaine, <laughs> of which the likes I've probably never even been in the same room as. But now I feel like he's in his psych Sarah. He's like backstage on peyote or ayahuasca and DMT. Like the booking of the show is insane and in moments good and in moments insane. Uh, Zoop, so we had ju just got getting into the start of the MJF Juice Robinson match. I had mentioned how much I really liked this match. I like Juice a lot. I like MJF, but as a match, I guess I wasn't really expecting that much. But I really thought they went together nicely, and I can get into why a little bit later on. But you remember the sort of heated segment a couple weeks ago, controversial with the quarters. Did this match to you do a good job of capturing that anger and energy and sort of funneling it into a pro wrestling match? You know, it, it, it had it had some nice moments of, of clarity in that way. I mean, it's not a blood feud where you're having, you know, uh, they didn't have a dog collar match or, or you know, it wasn't like uh, insane over the top with the violence. But I did I thought they did do a nice job of bringing out sort of an aggressive side of MJF, the the 10 uh, headbutts into the corner that that the blood changing the color of the AEW turnbuckle pad was a really nice visual. I thought sort of a nice a nice piece um, there. Yeah, I mean, listen, one of those things, right? It, it could have been cranked up another level or two, but I thought for a TV opener for a a thing that I I don't, I'm I think maybe the second week after they saw the reception to how it went the first week, maybe didn't lean as hard into it as maybe they were planning yeah. on doing initially. I think maybe this might have been something that that they had bigger plans for to be a little bit more of the blood food, and they maybe they got the the social listening of like maybe we shouldn't attack this at 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 ten out of ten right now, and and a reasonable a reasonable shoot to pull so you know i thought they i thought they treaded the line fairly well um and man i like juice's bang bang gang gear the holster the holsters on the side <laughs> painted on the tie it's really nice he's just cool man and he wrestles yeah. uniquely he sort of feels like kyle o'reilly's cousin in terms of how he sells there's like a herky jerkiness to it that uh i enjoy a great deal and i just think with mjf sort of technical precision they're a, a well-built pair but i really thought and i don't know if they decided to do this but i i know that in the moment mjf does the bj pen tonight juice is all busted up and mjf gets on top of him and punches him gets blood on his hands and zoobs this you know milk toast clean rich plain view long island boy licks the blood off his hands and does this and from here on out he's like Fuck Juice Robinson goes after him, hits him with like the most planted heat seeker I can mm -hmm. remember way up in the air. Yeah, douche. Um, I love the moment where Juice is using the going to use the fake ring and MJF is like, I'm a scumbag. I'm Eddie Guerrero puts on his real ring, huge knockout punch and then into said heat seeker. He has these moments with the guns on the outside, too, that are very fun. I, I was a big fan of this match. I thought it really had a nice uh pace and intensity to it there there are there's a women's match on this show later that is at quarter speed and has the, the, the opposite of intensity to it and this match felt like two people not liking each other trying to beat one another up and that's that's all i'm asking for from yeah great call on that moment as well I thought, I thought that the dueling visual of both of them uh going for their rings and sort of like that that nice piece of like heel tactics aren't really effective against mjf right because the eye poke is part of the move set the ring is part of the, like that's it's all part of the move that he hasn't changed the, that that great truth that he's able to carry out he hasn't changed as a wrestler um in this in this way so um yeah some nice calls they're a good pair they're a good because you know you you call it the herky jerkiness and the the unique style of 
of juice and mjf is sort of similar where it's it's it is a, it's a different style than anybody else does it's a old school is sort of reductive way of putting it because it's not but it's there's a simplicity and the beauty and the simplicity of what he does and that meshes with like not that juice isn't flashy but there's sort of a, a different version of of what he does that other people do that i think um makes them really interesting tactically would it be fair to say both of these guys wrestle a timeless style that's a good that's an interesting way to put it yeah you could sort of fit it anywhere there's no there are some wrinkles of course that that, that make them 2023 wrestlers but um you could fit them in a lot of different times and like you could fit mjf in a lot of different times and places and he's the top heel no matter where he is and no matter who else is in the locker room uh so i again really like this match and especially the finish and then before anyone can blink the guns are in the ring jay white's up from commentary and they're beating down mjf and now this is exciting because we know that mjf is on the search for allies these are his four opponents at some point if he wants to i mean for the right to hold the belt that is his but he still has the title people mistake this he the title of champion of mjf so this is the difference between the title and the belt. he is that you can't steal him being the aw world championship and or the is, world champion this is why the belt stealing is such a stupid gimmick as well because now you, you have everybody else is, like kenny omega is having this huge moment with him and he's got the roh tag title on, around his waist well it's like, especially it's when a guy has a signature belt like the triple b it's like yeah. jay white's gonna wear that that's your belt man you sure sure feels like mjf's thing <laughs> stupid but nonetheless, I get that they were probably just looking for ways to extend this feud across the 12 weeks sure. that it has to be built between uh, All Out and Full Gear. But I thought they covered a lot of ground here. And he's, again, he's being beat down. We're all anxiously waiting. Help. And who comes down? But Roddy, Matt Taven, and the other fella. Um, Maria Canales' husband. Yep. Mike. B. It's Mike Everybody B. knows him. Mike Bennett. Mike Bennett. Everybody knows him. B is right. Everybody knows Mike Bennett. Sorry about that. Uh, and they're, they're coming down. And it's not enough. They, they're able to even the odds somewhat. But it's still the four people of Bullet Club Gold are enough to beat them down. And then, here they come. The acclaimed. And the crowd is up for these guys coming to save MJF. I think people are ready for them to be the backup to MJF. That's more than enough. They do chase away bang the Bang Bang Gang. And then... We get into, or sorry, I, I should have also mentioned, Jay White cuts a promo before he runs in, saying that, MJF, you've got all these irons in the fire, Samoa Joe, Wardlow, Kenny Omega, you should focus on the one right in front of you, which is, I think it's a nice reminder to the audience, hey, he does, this is actually, this is the MJF show. Like, it just really is, in, 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 for its better and worse moments. Uh, okay. I can't remember last time an opening segment was a two-pager, by the way. Yeah, it's, it was crazy. The, by the time the Kenny thing is over, which I think is what we're about to, we're about to talk about. Not even. Uh, but yeah, by the time the Kenny thing is over, I'm like, Jesus, it's been 40 minutes of just people being like, by the way, I'm going to beat MJF for the title. Like, and then there's more of it on the show later. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't tag with you no matter what, Max, says one Max to another, MJF to Max Caster. A little harsh. And then Max Caster goes, so you're saying there's a chance that the crowd loves this. He, he will not be denied, Zoobs, you know. Th th this was like me trying to get you to be my co-host for years, you know, seeing this big star and, and chasing him. And come on, man. But yeah, you, I couldn't be discouraged. And now we're here. It's a cute way to tell the – cute way to protect me telling that story. The reality <laughs> is I approached you to do this show. No one would guess that. Now look, what an amazing idea you had. <laughs> um, now – 
So it's sort of left, and, and MJF won't scissor them. But I did get the impression these guys are still very in play to be the MJF backup on next week's Dynamite against the Bang Bang Gang for the rights to hold his beautiful bird lap belt again. But before he can make it all the way out, at the top of the ramp enters Kenny Omega. And these two, I mean, I gotta... This is for AEW Production, who goes to a crowd shot the moment these two go face-to-face. That is... That is a a gaff of the level <laughs> that's, that's of that. True. The that's truck true. must have just been like back on them. Like who who on earth? Like here's the moment, and they're just like let's see the crap. It was shocking to me. I was almost off my couch. Someone might get fired for that, uh, but luckily they cut back to it. And I thought the effect of this was truly fantastic. And uh, did this moment feel gigantic to everybody else before either of them had said anything? Now, obviously, this match is sort of the promise of AEW in some ways. These are your two top guys of two different generations. They're very tough to compare, but they are certainly, they are the two people who have held your belt the longest. They maybe are two most relevant people to the identity of your company at this point. John Moxley probably deserves a little bit of that credit as well. How did this hit you and the chat, Zoobs, when you saw these guys uh, connect eyes at the top of the ramp? I thought they were teasing tagging here before the the match it's sort of a theme of a couple of things in the episode um like the, like the fact that okada has a match on here and the fact that um you know the fact that you're getting this tease it's, it's, it's like a it's a this beautiful thing um about the state of aew that there that, that, that like there's two ways to process the moment right there's and i think the one that i feel correct and i think you probably feel this way and i think most of the chat feels this way it's just like holy shit kenny omega and mjf is happening on saturday like Holy shit! And then the other the other side of it is like you sort of you sort of get into the Booker brain, and you get into the economics brain. And you're like, why are you giving? Why are you doing this on a Saturday with three days notice? Uh, very strange, but it feels I I I felt the first way. I, I felt sort of like crazy. It, it felt very it felt very big coming off of the thing we had just done, right? The the juice thing, the the bang bang gang, which hasn't been an a plus all the way through hasn't been the smoothest ride but for me generally is a thing that i'm interested in in the show um and you sort of like you know our mileage on the roddy stuff has gotten pretty low but it is at least it's, it's a cohesive thing that's happening in the story and it, it adds another layer then you're that whole big universe that they did in the first half hour i was sort of like in i was like yes main title story match stakes outsmarted but he doesn't have the friends, but this, but that big names, a lot of stuff is happening. And then, and then Kenny adds onto it. And you're like, Oh shit. Like that, that feels like a really big addition. So, um, felt pretty electric to me. Pretty, it's pretty, it's, a, it's about as big a thing as you can book. Right. I mean, what, what, what much bigger can you book right now than that? Nothing. Yeah. N- not anything. I don't think, I mean, maybe like in a pay-per-view sense, maybe like Ed Chopeland and Kenny or something, but in terms of like the collision of the AEW gods, nothing, I don't think. And uh, you you know what, Zoobs, you, you said of two minds about it. And, like, or you can approach it in two ways. So mm-hmm. let's first of all say one thing. They have been teasing Kenny Omega and the streak and 13 days bitch on last week's episode. And so I thought there was a very real chance we were going to get this Kenny Omega MJF feud or match on Saturday. And I see a lot of people on our timeline using that as a reason why it's like, well, obviously they were going to do that. And now you get MJF versus Kenny on collision. How are you not just shitting your pants in excitement? Like this is the greatest thing imaginable. And I think if this were two years ago in AW, that is probably how I would feel. 
Um, I'm glad you mentioned that before you go forward. That is to me the driving force as well, right? Is is two years ago you don't even think about it. It'd be, be battle of the belt or something, and you'd be like, oh my god, um, blow the stack. But it's different now. It just feels a lot different. Down to the moment of, of Okada having him, Okada stepping through the ropes later in the show. <laughs> There's like you're like, wow, this is incredible. And you're also like, damn, just a random October, huh? Like, there he is. <laughs> and anyway, go on. No, I, I appreciate you saying that because the idea that like, oh, we could see it coming. I want to be as excited as possible for MJF versus Kenny Omega. And the idea that it should happen in the middle of another feud is just like you could have done this. Why are we having this six week build with Jay White? Why not just do the first four weeks a build with Kenny yeah. and then we do the Jay White feud? Like I, I can't, I like having all the irons in the fire, but you can do that with Joe and Wardlow and whoever else. I, I just don't know, besides disorganization, how you arrive at this decision. Like, why is Jay White versus MJF have to be seven weeks if you have literally MJF versus Kenny Omega in the middle of it? Like, I, I, I would love an answer to that question, and I'm sure maybe there is a good faith one. But I couldn't get away. I was certain. And then people were just like, well, come on, the, 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 the record. Oh, you think they only learned about the record three weeks ago? It's a fucking record. We've known about it the whole time. Like, there's nothing you should be able to plan for more if that's the angle. So I don't know. Uh, listen, am I more likely to tune into Collision this Saturday because this banger of a match is on it? Absolutely. Do I think that this is basically the worst way I could be served up MJF versus Kenny? Sort of. Like, uh, I, don't, I don't think that Kenny has much of a chance at winning. I don't think, because as we know, MJF has Jay White on Wednesday and Jay White is the guy who is holding his title. So I am expecting a draw or a schmoz. And when you start thinking in those ways, it's like, well, this, this just isn't as excited as I would have been if we just could have built it. I'm fine with it being on collision. I think that's great. In fact, I would like it for free. But why? Why not? Like, I, I don't know. It really does seem like they just figured it out three weeks ago. You said you said you said you didn't learn this three weeks ago. It sort of feels like they did. It sort of <laughs> yeah, feels, no, hang on a second. <laughs> sort of feels like they did. The just for I yeah. I'm, I mean, ultimately, I agree with you. I'm glad you went as hard as you did there because it's not like the it's not like the MJFJ White stuff's been so good that it needs two months of marinating. They it, they could be well served. They're they're stealing the belt and dicking around and building the six men and. They're doing all these they're, – they're taking as many different ways as they possibly can to get there. And you're right. We could have just had a great Kenny Omega feud for the last three weeks. But you had this yeah. – you had this other directionless thing that's been happening for two months where it's like Jericho and the Callis family and he's sort of involved but not really. And it's the Winnipeg Jets or it's the Golden Jets or something. And there's this weird tag thing he's doing with Jericho and then he sort of all of a sudden snaps out of it and it's like, oh shit, 13 days from now, I'm not, I'm not the longest running champion anymore. It does sort of, it does sort of, I want to say highlight, but it, it, it beautifully encapsulates, I think, the, the, the best and worst things about the promotion right now. Yeah, right? it really the, the does. Best, the best thing is, is, is they were able to throw together Omega and Jericho as a team and they, they threw together on the fly and added some intrigue here. And then they did this and then they did this and then they did this. And then you get to these things where it's like, well, this should have been huge. Like it, you did you did so many of the like we can just put it together with great matches that you got to a space where it was like here's a really big opportunity and and it doesn't feel like it's been thought out um to the level of gravitas that it should have but yeah they were uh babysitting mad jackson's aunt slizzard so oh well uh, okay hang on that's my bad i didn't i didn't know that that's <laughs> i was misinformed i was just mistaken here not wrong i didn't have that information but yeah well all this is to say is i just i think you're bang on there i think um, 
it's still exciting that it's on collision. It's still exciting that you get MJF and Kenny. And it's I am certain that they are going to have a very good match and leave enough on the oh. bone that that when they do have the thing that we're asking for, um, we feel hype about it because we're prone to be hype because we watch the show and want to like the show. Um, but it's a missed opportunity, missed opportunity, and it doesn't help the Jay White feud, and it doesn't really help this feel as big as it could be, and it doesn't help the again, this is one of those things, right? You want to you want to be like you said, uh the good the 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 good faith like reasoning for it. You say, Oh man, they didn't they thought they didn't think uh Adam Cole would break it rip his ankle apart. Uh it's like, man, you've had two months to figure that out. Like Yeah, but that isn't even affecting it because the guns we didn't even get to this yet, but the guns versus mjf and someone is made for full gear so it's like that would have been the cole spot if anything and are we actually gonna do another pay-per-view with no world title match by the way like is he just gonna wrestle for those roh tag titles yeah the third pay-per-view in a row but and, and i think maybe this hit me different and again the moment felt gigantic to me i thought these two are, are gonna be great together and i liked the promo that kenny did but i did a bad thing I did the thing where I was like, I know where this is going. And what I had booked in my mind was just a hundred times sicker than the way it played out. When Kenny said, it looks like you need a friend. What I thought was going to happen is MJF's allies against the Bang Bang Game on Wednesday. were going to be, it was going to be a team of MJF, Kenny Omega, Samoa Joe, and Wardlow. And the deal was with MJF, I should say. So maybe no Wardlow, the other three guys and uh, MJF. And MJF's going to say, if one of you gets a pinfall in it, that's who gets the title match against me. Then you just have like have all these stars and you're setting up the, the match on the way. And instead it's just like, these guys are just hanging around and ah, anyway, I'm excited it, for the match. And I thought the moment was really good. I just felt you can't help, but feel a little underserved by it. Man, that is such good fantasy booking. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? If this Wednesday, you just bump it all back a week and then you have Kenny get the pinfall on Jay White. You extend their feud because they've been going on forever and that gives Kenny the chance at collision and gives reason for like Kenny and MJF to be fighting. Um, I mean, the, the streak is uh, a reason, but anyway, I thought that would be fun. You're too damn good. I thought it would have been fun. Who doesn't want to see the team of Samoa Joe and Kenny Omega working together? MJF doesn't even need to be there now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> well done holy so the first 31 minutes of the show by my count was this we'll call the mjf universe um but he does go on to be i mean the very next thing is wardlow talking about him so i suppose you could also include it, that in this um anything else you want to say about this first half hour zoobs i think you missed the first couple minutes of it but i, I thought a really good i don't want to come across the setup for mjf kenny could have been better but i loved the match and i thought this first half hour was pretty electric i was hype on the show yeah, I thought the third. I thought the first 30, 35 minutes, like even including the Wardlow, which is like it's obviously not to the strength of some of the stuff you see earlier, but it just sort of adds another log to the like everyone's gunning for MJF fire. <laughs> I thought it was an effective place to put it in the show and an effective way to do it because you know him talking at all. You're sort of you're a pretty not a step down. Well, not a, it is a step down, but like a especially live. Like it's not really the universe he needs to be playing in, and this really isn't either. I'm 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 convinced he doesn't need to say anything. Just fucking point to the tape on his wrist but if you're going to use him uh use him here and use him as we've just thrown two new logs on the fire for mjf um i think it's helpful and i think it helped him yeah there, i don't think there's any doubt about that and uh i know this is a difficult question but just as we exit this kenny versus mjf does kenny omega have a better than 15 percent chance of winning i'll ask the chat too does kenny well, i have the keeper to kick it's written or else i would do it that way but so i'll just yes or no uh, does kenny omega have a 15 percent chance or better of winning uh the world title on saturday 15 one five 
Where Barely any chance, Sue. That's okay. Does he have a better chance that Ngannou gets Fury also on Saturday? <laughs> yeah, fifteen seems about right. Yes, I give him Ngannou Fury. That's my. That is my. There's a flash possibility in 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 a universe of the infinite universes that exist. Um, I don't think we're living in it. My my sister bought me that Francis Ngannou Roots a Fight shirt for my birthday. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so I feel like he's already won. Out. He put out a sick shirt. He's going to become a zillionaire, walk out there and take an ass kicking in a sport he doesn't do. Big weekend yeah. for Big Francis. No one here cares, though, of course. Um, but yeah, slim pickings for everybody on Saturday night. Uh, no, says I am Ahab. No, says Ryan PM. Yes, says Ashton Kutcher. No, says Corvax1266. Uh, no, says Danny Derosha. Maybe Jay and the Bang Bang Gang will mess Kenny up, says Tork Penderloin. Yeah, I suspect that either Joe or the Devil will make an appearance uh, here, or Wardlow. They've given themselves lots of outs, but again, yeah. the MJF Kenny Omega match that I would most get sized for, probably that isn't the way I'm looking at it. It'd be like, oh, it's a 60-minute Iron Man between the two, and I'm a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> I need the most hardcore thing possible, actually. Sorry. I don't want to see one damn run in. If Samoa Joe makes his way down to the ring, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> uh Wardlow went to a dark place, Sue. Have you ever gone there to the dark place? Hell, every night. Close, <laughs> close my eyes. Put the sheets in. Dark. He's talking about a different one because he had to watch a guy that he firsthand saw be an asshole for years and years and years and years. And then go on to be very successful and have everybody love him. And that drove him crazy. And I got to say, Wardlow. That's maybe the most interesting thing you've ever said. It makes perfect sense. That would suck. I would hate that guy too. Good job, yeah. Michael Wardlow. That's life also, is what I would say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that is the guy who succeeds at work for the record. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he were any other job, but uh, sounds familiar. <laughs> I tried taking the power bomb everyone at work route too, and it didn't work either. It's just, you gotta, you know, be able <laughs> Do to- Do a second thing. <laughs> uh, he's got nothing left to lose, and he's going to take everything from MJF. I, I safe assumption Wardlow is the guy you're least interested in against MJF of all these potential suitors. Oh, certainly. Um, <laughs> has he has room as like a spoiler guy? As as sort of has a, a, a I don't know a supercharge, but like a, as a version of the guy he was before, right? He was the comeuppance, put the ring so that Punk could be, knock him out. He was the protection. He was the insurance. Like he could he could reprive a, a, a slightly higher end version of that, right? Where instead of doing it for hire, he's doing it of his own. Like he's, I don't know, you know, working on behalf of somebody one week or is just just there to like make sure things don't go the way they are. Sow some seeds of discontent. Um, I think that's his best use here. And that's a limited one. A lot of talk in the Wrestling Brain Discord tonight about the dress of one Michael Wardlow here, Zoobs. Uh, dressed, uh, some say, like a divorced uncle. Some say, like a, a streetwear teenager. Where come now? I, I, I thought, I thought, wow, me personally, I thought, wow, this guy, he's the best dressed guy I've ever seen. <laughs> I think it's funny that <laughs> those two extremes they presented are, um, you would think not related at all, but, are, you know, you could be both. You could be a streetwear oh, sure. kid and divorced uncle all in one, all in one sitting um but should you be you know you know my takeaway is is, is the answer that is probably how wardlow dresses um frankly <laughs> <laughs> versus like the guy that they like they do the like stuff a enormous guy into a dress shirt for some reason thing <laughs> yeah. that they love to do in wrestling or like the, the golf shirt guys i think this is probably who he actually is and it is a better look although nothing better than a super jacked wrestler in a suit or a very tall one 
You, you, you ever see Kento Kobashi try to find it? I mean, you, you just have to buy like a refrigerator box that is covered in fabric. It's just, they just the boxiest scenes you've ever seen. Really phenomenal stuff. Maddie, if you wouldn't mind readying up that uh, video I sent you earlier, uh, I'd like to take this opportunity, Zoops, for an early plug. You don't mind that, do you, Zoops? No, early. It's 10.50. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, only early to me here on the West Coast, Best Coast. But uh, you've heard about it. I've teased it. Tomorrow morning, if you are a patron at patreon.com slash J0SHC, not only does the $5 a month get you into the Wrestling Brain Discord, where all the best wrestling discourse on Earth is going down day in, day out. Maddie, can you show them tomorrow morning what they will also be getting? Oh, that's okay. Do you need a second? This is what wrestling is all about. Welcome to Shootopia. We back. Both high effort content. What a graphic. There we go. Back tomorrow morning. It is comedian Kevin Banner and I kicking off Shootopia Volume 2 with a 2007 shoot interview with the master of the form, Kevin Big Sexy Nash. Um, I will just tell you right now, Kevin Banner is a phenomenal guest. He has a lot of roots in local pro wrestling. He is open for Mick Foley, open for Jake the Snake. He shares a lot of anecdotes that are tangentially related. Kevin Nash and him DM sometimes. He's a, a really, really strong Shootopia guest with a lot of ties to the things that we talk about. So uh, check that out tomorrow morning. Patreon.com slash J0SHG for the next four weeks. I guess I'll just say it here. We, we got Kevin Nash this week, but you get uh, you get the other half of the damn Sword and Shield next week. Yeah. You know, it's pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting. To get asked to do this is pretty exciting, to be frank. You're the only repeat Shootopia guest. Wow. Wow. It's heavy hitters before. There's been some heavy hitters, but no one liked the Sword and Shield. And frankly, can I, can I really, in good faith, ask somebody who doesn't love me to listen to 90 Minutes of Vince Russo speaking? <laughs> is that evidently? I think you can. I think there's more people on the internet that exist that way than, than you <laughs> yeah, no one I want, want to think to, to yourself when you go to bed at night. <laughs> If you put it on Twitter, if you put on a Twitter anonymous, like DM me if you want to do this, I think you get a lot of people. Uh, lots of people just calling you the in the in the chat suits. They were very surprised to see in my Discord. I screenshotted because you had sent me another negative thing about AEW, and I said a Zoom said he was going to stop doing this. They were delighted to find out your name in my phone is the like you show up as your first name the last name Zoobs, and so on iPhone it shows just the first name. They were thrilled to see the. Uh, I did that with uh, created players in video games, uh, sports video games as well. First name will be the Zoobs. It looks really funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. First name, the last name, Zoobs. Um, that's very I'm cool. I'm so that's glad Bobby Burrito's caught Russo's clip being longer and also being the only one that doesn't move in the entire Shadopia intro. <laughs> Just a deadpan six seconds of the saddest guy alive. And then, I mean, geez, you're not going to believe this. I, you know, my nature of my work being what it is, I you have to work, I work basically a month and a half into the future a lot of the time. Um, geez, December right around the corner. It's the 25th of October. We're two days away from... 
Two days away from the holidays, you know? Uh, we, Thank you for not saying it. We can't afford to lose the advertising dollars on this channel. And Lord knows you can't say anymore. My finger was on the, my finger's on the sensor, so you can go ahead and say it. Thank you, Matt. He got that five-second delay handy. because Well, you remember the guy it's named after, don't you, Zoops? <laughs> Listen, I think we should stop right now. Never um, forget. <laughs> he's the reason Santa. for the season. Um, it is S-Claus. Uh... December means year end. The year end show is on coming around the corner, and and uh, the, the uh, Stu Hart Award is right around the corner. The survey as well. It's very exciting. I like the year end wrestling brain time. I like think of it as a time of year. It's like a bunch of year end content. So, so that's pretty big, right? Shootopia, right into Stu Hart, right into end of the year survey, right into end of the year show. That's a busy two months coming up. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. Patreon.com slash J Zero SHC. Hook and Rob Van Dam, a uh, tag team that I genuinely find heartwarming, uh, against Alex Reynolds and John Hungry, a team that I genuinely find annoying. <laughs> and uh, I was excited to see Rob Van Dam. But before we say anything, Zoobs, I want to do our first of three Keep It or Kick It's tonight. Is that all right with you? It is. Yeah. Keep I It or Kick It, of course, Chris where I'm about to say a statement pulled from my wrestling brain, and these Zoobs and you in the chat are going to have to say whether you keep or kick that statement. You obviously know what those words means as it relates to reviewing statements, so let's just get into it. Keep it or kick it. This statement, in his current form, Rob Van Dam is still the best pro wrestler in this match. <laughs> Uh, Thank you, Sludge Williams, for subscribing with Prime. was in its current state which is pretty old um van damme is uh how old is Rob van damme he's 51 you are 52 just turning 53 in december oh. uh is he still the best wrestler in this match quite conjured and juice agrees and says keep bobby burrito says keep irish back 21 says keep i am ahab says keep the sludge williams says keep the kick comes from Pacefall. The keep comes from Keeg1717. Ryan PM keeps. Torque Penderloin keeps. Sam Fells keeps. Danny DeRosha keeps. Quebec 1266 keeps. Kicks on the way from Steak of Buns. See Suppa on high. It's me, RL. Dennis Dirty Work keep. Maddie Matt keep. Dark Lord DKL keep. Cadenza keep. The Narwhal keep. Uh, boy, I think you have like a. I would go so far to say. 70 30 65 70 30 yeah i was gonna say it's, it's there's four of them and it looks like there's more than six keeps so yeah and where would you come down on this one Zoobs? 
one of those ones where before I thought about it, I would be like, that's a, a, a hilariously kick. And then I would think the more I think about it, the more it sits in my head, the more I'm like, hmm, does anybody do less for me than Reynolds and Silver? Not well, really. what about, uh, yeah, no, I guess not. I was trying to think of something good about them. You have Hook, who's who's brand new. Um, who's over, obviously. Has a mystique, has an aura, but who knows? Probably feels too brand new for how any is, frankly. Maybe he is. Maybe he is. Maybe I'm maybe I'm stinking up the Dark Order. Maybe those guys are better than I think. Um, I mean, they're on the show. They're on the YouTube show, which is hard to do, I bet. But it's hard well, to get on that. I bet not anybody just sitting around can get yeah, on that you can't show. Just upload to YouTube or anything. You, you can't just be sitting around backstage and get on that show. You gotta be you can't just be a guy with nothing to do backstage getting <laughs> on that show. <laughs> um 16 4 says Matty Mac. Thank you for the count, Matty. Appreciate you. Steak Buns is higher on Hook than most. Yeah, I think Hook has a lot of upside. I just don't think he's as good of a pro wrestler as Rob Van Dam. Uh, I'm with the chat. I'd be keeping this one, Zeus. If, if, if you're starting a pro wrestling company, you have the opportunity to sign a hook or the members of Dark Order. Hell, both of them. You can be John Hungry and Alex Reynolds or RVD <laughs> or Hook. I'm taking Rob Van Dam. I might take Hook in this in the in the starting a wrestling company conversation. If it's the, I have to have one show conversation. Damn Van Rob. If the question funny. was which of the guy I like the most, Pacefall would say he agrees. But RVD is rough these days. I agree he's a little rough, but I, I thought he looked good today. I thought, I legit, I'm not joking. I thought he was the best wrestler in this match. Like I thought for wrestling and doing the moves and the, the selling and the you, you go to the crowd, all that stuff. I thought he was the best of the four of them. I really did. It's funny you look back at how long ago ECW was um, and the kind of bumps that kind of guys are taking and the kind of styles different guys are working. It's very funny that Rob Van Dam has the like, no question working safe into his 50s. Like <laughs> You have to say you... thank you, Weed. It's the only, yeah. it's the only explanation. Yeah, I agree. Have you seen when Rob Van Dam does the splits on the cinder blocks and lifts weight? The guy, they got 52. Yeah. You can only do that by smoking weed all the time. <laughs> I like that Rob Van Dam actually fronts those opinions, by the way. It's not that he's like a super athlete gymnast. It's like, no, you know, just been on the Quran for a hundred years. <laughs> uh, I did like this match, though, uh, especially that John Hungry didn't even take a move to lose at the end. He just ran at Hook, who did a back take and choked him out. Easy peasy. You don't see that too often in wrestling. Normally, the guys get hit by a move, but I, I, I thought that was an appropriate kayfabe power ranking thing. Quick on to Juice, take a hit. I'm on a tolerance break right now. I apologize. Um, I don't know if Zoobs has any sort of apparatus eye around. But... Not on me in the basement. Not in my house, unfortunately. But uh... I owe you. All right. And I owe you next. Off I go. <laughs> there we go. Goes. This is what we need. <laughs> Matt, you do have a pen, don't you? There we go. Matt is going to get one. Fantastic. We will it. make good on this. Steak of Buns and Qui-Gon Jin and Juice. Keep an eye on that. Keep an eye. Keep, mark the time. <laughs> <laughs> Steak of Buns giving us a sip for the working man. Thank you. I'm trying to get a liter of water every stream. Uh, uh, good match. Yeah, well booked. Well put together. Considering uh, the parameters you're working around here and how easily this could be awful, pretty good. I thought so too. I'm glad RJ City is getting used. Uh, I think he's legitimately very talented and too actually funny for wrestling. Like, I think he is an actually funny, talented, you know, wrestling funny, where it's always the least funny thing you've ever seen. I I think RJ City is funny where you could see it and be like, oh, no, it is funny. Because a lot of people, John Hungry is a good example. Look at how funny this guy is. You know, what 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 on earth are you talking about? What? what? (laughs) 
um but but with rj city i do think the guy is actually funny and so i'm glad to see him getting used here with timeless tony storm zoobs i'm i'm sad to report i'm, I'm feeling maddie's taking that hit thank you maddie puffing away puff daddy over there puff, he did and pass this messed up rotation into the camera what a badass oh, this guy is this guy's got a little attitude yeah. this map for he by his own rules there's no need giving him yeah, yeah. double bird holy cow whole new map zooms I'm a, I'm a little nervous about the timeless tony storm videos and silent films. i did note take the whole silent films as i uh, promised to do um but I, I don't know how much longer we can do that exact thing. Even though I like RJ City and Tony Storm, I, I don't need a ton more of these silent film uh, things. Where are you on this? Is this three? Is three dimension, three dimension number on the like? Feels like four. You've been to the well one too many times. I think I feel like Roddy and MJF. Maybe the third or fourth. The fourth one we started to get to like. All right, let's like a third or fourth dozen for those guys. Or. or just... <laughs> Well, you gotta have it. It's gotta have something attached to it, right? You gotta, you have to, you have, you have to let us. This is, I think, you see this all the time with these people that get over that something backstage is getting over. You have to also let them come out in front of the audience and get over with us, right? Yes. That, that you can't just run the, the timeless Tony Storm backstage backstage thing and not do anything else. She has to also come out and be on the show in another way. Doing she just, she should still be doing promos, right? She should be doing more than just walking in and saying roll the picture. It shouldn't she should still only be, be that. Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, um yeah i think you just need to attach her to more stuff you can you could you, you could you could she could win a match and then throw to throw a promo yeah. that's what I would do next i would have her win trounce somebody and say roll my picture right and then they go to commercial and she, then then she's had 10 minutes of tv time I like that versus show. she's only on for 10 seconds of airtime and you know two minutes of commercials now we do find out in this silent film called hold that butler hold that butler yeah it wasn't not, quite not sure like, the yeah you're not grabbing Jeeves or anything. You're asking them. And uh, so she's here. And I, I, I got to be honest, Zoops, this, this film, and, and I'm happy to be wrong. And somebody go into my Twitter mentions and call me an idiot. That's fine. But but I'm pretty sure this film doesn't make any sense. I, I, I'm pretty certain it doesn't make a lick of sense. And I, I watch all things. So RJ City is here playing, I think, Mrs. Storm's manager. And he says, 15 minutes to curtain time. And she goes, what? And then he gets a bullhorn yeah. and he says it louder. And now she's pissed off about the the volume of the yeah. bullhorn, which is, is understandable. She hates dreary Philly. She wants to go home. But then RJ reminds her, hey, November 18th is your Hollywood homecoming. And you're going to have a match. So it's going to be the title match against Akaru Shida, which is great. I think we're all excited about that your hollywood homecoming and then she goes where's my butler I don't, what, mm -hmm. about a butler i'm following so far yeah and it's luther and i think that's actually that's kind of funny and she goes what's your name and he goes luther and she goes fantastic i'll call you luther which is funny and uh and then they leave I, I don't think they went to the, I didn't get the sense they were going to the 15 minute curtain call. I got the sense her and Luther were leaving Philadelphia. So, so they uh, hold that Butler. Yeah. That's the, the 15 minutes until curtain. She was saying, hold that. And then unrelated sentence. She said, Butler She's pointing out their Butler. butlers here. Where the calm is, is important. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for running through that for me. It's uh 
That's two minutes of your eyes resting that you've chosen not to take on my behalf. And I appreciate it. I promised the people I would not take these silent <laughs> Here you are week two begging them to never do it. <laughs> <laughs> I should have never made the promise. Release me, Brainiacs. Let me out, baby. <laughs> Ay, ay, ay. Oh. Right. Okay. Tony Schiavone is in the ring and he says he's always excited to intro Sting. He proves that by giving Sting a very full bodied entrance. And this, of course, the much ballyhooed Tony Khan has a gift for Sting on Dynamite this week. Now, uh, unless you knew Tony Khan was involved in the slave trade, you'd be surprised at the. <laughs> what counts as a gift in this situation. I, I don't feel like you give a person to someone, but that anyway, a different discussion for a different day. Uh, Sting is glad to he be here. I got to thank two people, Philadelphia, <laughs> Darby Allen and Tony Khan. Not, not the smoothest promo by Sting, but his energy is so high and the people are loving him that this all totally works. He wants to thank Darby for being the best tag team partner. And he wants to thank Tony Khan for giving him this chance in AW. And you know what? That's real. Can you imagine if the Sting retirement is off of a loss to Triple H and Freaky Seth and then he just yeah. retires? Yeah. <laughs> Bad future. But Tony Schiavone says, Sting, you don't got to thank anyone. We're all here to thank you. In fact, Tony's going to thank you so much that he has a gift for you. Dun, 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 dun. The gift is Ric Flair, who's here to, uh, well, well, they talk about the Clash of Champions when they went up against WrestleMania, which I thought was an interesting one to bring up as they got bodied uh, sort of famously (laughs) for doing that. Um, Lots of memories between the two of them, Flair points out. And uh, yeah, in, in life, there are moments that are magical. That is the chemistry of what you do in life, says Ric mm-hmm. Flair, which obviously doesn't make any sense. And uh, yeah, I, I just gonna be flat here. I don't have any patience for this. I not even forget about all the plane. Well, don't forget about it. But even excluding the plane ride from hell stuff, I know that made Flair seem horrible, but that's because he is like the plane ride from hell is almost what Flair is was celebrated for going into it. Like, I mean, it's not a mystery. This guy, oh, he's sexually assaulting flight attendants like that sounds about right to me oh while drinking copious amounts of alcohol yeah woo and uh i just don't i just don't need him i don't fucking need him anywhere on the show don't care there's nothing i want to see him do go away rick flair don't i mean what's the average age of person in this ring thank god darby is there or else it's over 100 between rick and sting <laughs> average um, body average body age though Ooh. <laughs> yeah yeah, I mean, Ric Flair coming out and crying is something we've seen over and over again uh, for like 20 years. Um, it's like the only thing he's done in the 2000s, um, <laughs> period, right? Coming out looking like he's take, like taking on water and crying. Um, <laughs> the only way that I got through this was to remind myself it's a gift for Sting. The gift is not for... <laughs> yeah. At no point was this a gift for the AEW audience, correct? It was framed as this gift is for... For Sting. Right. So Sting could be happy. So what was the gift? Can you be specific here? What was Sting's gift? What is wrong with you? 
Let's, I'm not touching fathers and Ric Flair. I'm not. Um, not with a ten foot pole am I during this discussion? Um, okay, so my the good faith reading of it, or like the this I, in good faith, I couldn't. You, I couldn't get. I, I can get there as to how it's a gift. The gift is you would never expect that he could sign Ric Flair to show up at AEW. The gift is that he surprised him with. I have a guy who fucked him over 10,000 times. That's the weird thing. It's like, if you know anything about Flair and Sting, it's like, there's no, the bottom of the list of guys that <laughs> Sting should be trusting in the ring uh, is Ric Flair. So but they're going to bring yeah. out Arn Anderson next. <laughs> oh, another old friend. Yeah. Yeah. All four of the horsemen, your buddies. It's like, that's yeah. not how that went at all, actually. <laughs> Did nothing but get turned on by them over and over again. Um, yeah. It, listen, I, I'm the same as you. I'm, I'm zero, zero plot for me to see Ric Flair. It's, it's negative energy um you could have brought out lex luger i guess i don't even know like i, I would have been you know, more into that completely that would have been more unexpected uh so yeah i have uh zero positive thoughts on this until christian comes out and then it's like you're talking about your stew heart winner it's probably christian <laughs> like you say zoobs very fortunate for us new japan pro wrestling has the ace of the universe hiroshi tanahashi big japan has their ace yuji okabayashi AEW's ace is here to save the segment. As Christian Cage comes out with Nick Wayne in the right hand of destruction, Luchasaurus, who I must say, plug for Monday Night Program, Luchasaurus and Stan Hansen put on a, an amazing uh, draw the other night. So buckle up. There's a 60-minute last man standing rematch this Monday. Same time slot, 7 in the West, 10 in the East. Monday Night Program right here on twitch.tv slash wrestlingbrain. Christian comes out and Swiss cheeses these guys. Pulls no punches. So TK is a billionaire. This is the gift. Oh yeah, I don't at all feel like I'm watching Weekend at Bernie's staring at Ric Flair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a face turn promo here. <laughs> like <laughs> the only good thing about Ric Flair is he proves to be that there's no god. Because if there was a god, Ric Flair would have died twenty years ago. <laughs> Ric Flair looked legitimately like. I mean, as much as Ric Flair can ever appear lucid, was like, uh? <laughs> like sort of his head drifted in that direction that uh, Christian might have crossed the line. Um, I loved this Christian unloading on these guys, but I did. I was like, this is ostensibly Sting's retirement run where he's the big baby face. And it does just feel like Christian Cage is like, fuck these old guys. Here I come. And it rocks. <laughs> Here comes the extremely young Christian Cage. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then it, it doesn't help when Sting's comeback is he goes, uh, uh, brutal. Uh, chew. Sorry. I'm allergic to jackasses, Christian. Got him. Whoa. This guy just, this guy just utterly destroyed you pulled you apart like a sweater with a hundred loose threads and you're you're here saying you're allergic to jackasses you got rick flair looking in a coma beside you like on another like they're propped up by strings anyway darby and him will find a partner and we will get this trios match that we've been looking forward to for a couple weeks here christian luchasaurus and nick wayne against sting darby and uh later on in the show it's heavily implied we're gonna get ed chopeland as the third there is that from 1997's Men in Black? That uh, allergic, allergic to bullshit? Sneezing? Will Smith? I think that's exactly right. Yeah. I think that is dead. <laughs> Great flick, though. One 27-year-old movie. <laughs> if, there's, if there's anything we know about Sting, is that he is a fan wicked. of 90s movies. <laughs> that's wicked. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Right. 1997 in film influenced Sting pretty heavily. I think that's fair to say. More yeah. a little. <laughs> Renee is backstage with Chris Jericho. 
Hobbs destroyed me worse than anyone. And I, I think there's actually, I can't think of uh, a more one-sided Chris Jericho beating in his whole career. So that's actually kind of cool. But now yeah, it's lost. time for self-reflection on what's left. Do I step back? Yes. Or do I get stronger? No. Callus has a lot of friends. Damn. I've got some friends too. Some who are bigger than Hobbs. Do Only you know? redeeming thing here is if it's Jericho. show. If we actually get Chris Jericho and Paul White tagging again to take on Powerhouse Hobbs, all right. If we get Jericho, show, all right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I was leaning towards the step back side of the equation, not to get stronger. Not that I hate Chris Jericho, but it's just like there's nothing for him right now. What about Jericho though? Speaking of you know a little in, a little youth influx here, let's get big motherfucking fifty one year old Big Show back in the ring. Well, as long as he puts over Hobbs, that is sort of what wrestling is to some degree. For sure. But, but yeah, I, I, your point. There's a lot of the the average age of Dynamite has gone up by thirty over the last one year. <laughs> yeah, it really has. Like it legitimately it's has. Crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. I guess Nick Wayne maybe helps the average. That's important. And also, but... none of this applies to CM Punk, by the way. He could be no, 16 no. and I'd be calling for him back. Yeah, of course. Hey, Zubes, do, you, do you think there's any chance he's coming back? Uh, is does I mean is is, is TNA back? <laughs> is at TNA, TNA is, is the least as, back you could ever be. That count as being People are back. like, would you shit on Punk if he wrestled in Saudi Arabia? It's like absolutely not. Would you shit on Punk if he wrestled in total nonstop action wrestling? I would never forgive him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. Who else? Does anybody in the chat have a good idea of who? It looks like they're saying Paul White. Does anybody else? Does another Jericho ally who's bigger than Hobbs? I couldn't well, think of anybody else. I, I can't think of anybody else. He's the biggest person on earth behind Big Show. Unless he goes, and he'd be smart to do so, frankly. Big Bill. And go gets the, oh, that'd be a good call too. But I was thinking, he, he's made two appearances on Dynamite, or one Dynamite, one Rampage. You can go get Trenchcoat, man. No, he's gone, isn't he? I mean, I think I think Trenchcoat Man is still around. I see, I see Chuck. I see Trent. As long as someone's stop selling yeah. a big jacket, you can go get yeah, Trenchcoat maybe. Man. Maybe. You'd, and you remember like the see... only guy Sottenham sold for in the whole company is Trenchcoat Man. Uh, and those signed them on a Philly Dynamite. What are we doing here? Yeah, you got to think Chuck's on. Oh, wait, sure. No, they're not in Philly on Collision, are they? Do they film an ROH after? No, right. I don't know. I, I got to tell you, with the removal of Dark, I actually have no idea like when the ROH or Dark match shooting schedule is for AEW. I should probably learn that. Mark Henry says, G. Ritchie. Did, did Mark and Chris have any? I can't think I of think, them ever I tagging think or anything. Big Show is the, is the one that springs to mind for everybody. Yeah, I think. tag team champions together. Yeah. Trench Coatman. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Uh, so we'll see. Okay, I... Who wants to talk what about, about this? Jake Hager? Anyone say Jake Hager? Can you imagine if he just like, goes and gets JAS members? I Stop had that, that thought. I was like, Stop. I will when, break. When he, said, when he said family, that's when I thought, oh my God, is he is he is he redoing JAS? Except I will know, have a time, mental break. This time, yeah, it would be like this time we're united. It's like, oh my god, dude. Please I'm no. Good. Anything free free Dan Garcia. <laughs> You'd like to think the guy, the kid's money. I said, said it like a couple weeks ago. I'm way more interested in talking about the post-match video after this, but I suppose we do have to talk about the Hung Bucks. I guess we are going with that name. It's the Hangman and the Young Bucks, three quarters of the elite. 
who are, you know, I've shit on them a lot. They were all on the show tonight. So there you go. And look at that. Stuff happened. Uh, the Hung Bucks taking on Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, and Brother Zay, who who I thought was one half of the Righteous until a couple weeks ago. Um, but it's it's Isaiah Cassidy. And, uh, yep. Yeah. You got anything on this one, Zoops? Uh, six guys. They're, they're, it's for the ROH Trios uh, Championships, which, you know. I, I'm, yeah. I'm not even trying to do a joke here. What? what, what, what like, what? A second, a second trios title. The issue with the trios titles was there wasn't enough of them. Where <laughs> are the second. tag titles? Where are FDR match? No, we got to have 600 trios. I mean, I just, I don't want to be a broken record, but I, you got the Young Bucks, you got the Hardys wrestling, Hangman's there, who I like. You got Tazon Day, and I, I got to tell you, I, I just, <laughs> I can't get there with this stuff. Chocolate <laughs> Rain. Yeah, you remember that guy? Now he's I'm not going to let that go the, by the Hardy Brothers. On day that is fucking amazing. He's with the Hardy Brothers now. Oh, he's wrestling tonight, and, and uh, he looks away from the mic to breathe. <laughs> yeah, this is move. And uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I I just I don't give a fuck about any of this. Why are the Hardys on TV? Why like why, why are the Reed of Honor trios titles on TV? Where is Eddie Kingston? Where is Samoa Joe? Where are the the actual people I care about? Why are was Ring of Honor a focus on here? Blah blah. Everybody's tired of me talking about this stuff, but it just echoes very loudly when it's like 15 minutes of the show is this well you got the bucks on the show so that's the that's yeah. what it takes is the defending the roh trios championships against the hardys and a third guy jimbo brie asking is stark's collision exclusive it's so odd yeah i get the sense they're trying to do uh him is like the anchor of collision that's that's my read anyway uh, but i'm like you i greatly enjoy ricky starks on dynamite like it's absurd how many of my favorite wrestlers in this company just aren't on dynamite and, and some of them are champions, by the way. <laughs> Not going down this road. Um, okay. And, and, and you got anything else to say about these guys jumping around? I don't. I really don't. I had nothing. The, you know, the Bucks are playing at like 65, 60% speed. They're, they're not even doing cool things in this match. No, it's just like you, usually you can get the like, ah, uh, the Bucks are able to put together a spot here and do this and have that. But the Hardys aren't at a space where you can do that. It's mostly brother zay like flying around uh to yeah. facilitate anything and he was fine. working his ass off 100 percent. you but gotta like, give him credit yeah i, but I like, you do but like not for in another way you don't also like why is this guy challenging for a title yeah <laughs> this is not i don't know this is nothing here for me this is a potpourri of things i don't like but don't worry here's ed chopeland matt hardy's like 12th title shot of the year <laughs> well do you see that stat about Jarrett? Oh, yeah, it's disgusting. Not good. For anyone who didn't, it's like he's wrestled 25 times on Dynamite this year, I think, and seven of those were title matches. God help us all. And Choplin's here. Here's uh, Adam Copeland. No, I still don't want to fight Christian, Renee. Darby walks in. Adam, don't be stupid. Sting says, take your blinders off. Are you hearing me? It's time to team up. I know you wanted to have this last run with your old friend, but that's not what's happening here. I thought Sting was actually good here. Yeah, me too. And it's heavily implied Edge is doing like that contemplative look that he will indeed be the sixth man in that match. And, th th you know, that makes sense. Be a shame if someone turned on Sting at the last Oh, minute. sorry. I forgot to talk about the Swerve video. Thank you, Cadenza. One of oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I cared so little about that sixth man. I want to move on. After the sixth man, there's <laughs> it's very funny. As Hangman Page sees this video of Swerve Strickland in his house and Hangman runs. Like he's, like he's going to run 
from Philadelphia. Yeah. Is he going to the plane? What? Don't you want to see the video? Like what happened? I, I thought that was an interesting reaction, but uh, uh, Swordstrick was doing a home invasion angle. Speaking of Brian Pillman. And I thought this was awesome, man. He is like a creepy boss. Even Nana is like, this is a little too far. As Swerve is going through Hangman's house, which is empty except for his baby, which is. Don't do that. You know, Parents don't, out there, don't do that. Don't you do wouldn't the, do that, would you, Zoops? No, I legitimately would never do this. No. <laughs> if if my wife the, is not home, I would not leave my, my son unattended. Maybe with one grandparent, maybe that's at least one alone. person. At least one person. <laughs> I guess the assumption, the assumption is that his wife is sleeping in the other room, right? It's, it's the assumption. yeah, it has to be. And I'm not going to pick that apart because I thought this segment was awesome. As he marauds through the house, he's talking about how Hangman's taking title shots from him, he's taking things from him, and now it's time to get back and hit him where it hurts. He comes across as you know, sometimes we're Strickland is the cool heel and here he is very much the end boss dastard evil twisted guy and that's a great thing to be able to add to your character and he goes and he's staring down at the crib and he's talking down to the uh, hangman jr as he calls him and saying i'm gonna be back for you and i'm gonna take care of your dad and uh really really good i thought more stuff like this please and leaves a shirt yeah and this is this is a couple times now that swerve sort of sorry that shirt part's important you should say that yeah yeah uh serve on locations reliably fucking great him that's true kicking the shit out of nick wayne was awesome him here is awesome so we're you know he's been calling for it and and the end of last year we called for it as well like he's in rarefied air right now in the in the in the captivating way he is on the show and um you know when mjf moved over to being a good guy and being a face you sort of did have the like opening for like who is the top sadistic bad guy that is like takes this to level nobody else takes it to and it's been swerved like very comfortably and very well and i I hope to see him um get some like make something of this and and really blow this up because i think you have a you have real potential to have him be a top 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 of the card guy off stuff like this ruby soho versus hikaru shida this sucked yeah ruby soho is not very good i don't think we can't have ruby soho on tv anymore the experiment's over this sucked you know what I thought though? I thought, wow, how good is Chris Statlander? Because she made Ruby watchable by just chucking her around everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Shida had no luck, man. The, the worst torture rack you're ever going to see in this match. Like, and I hate picking apart the women's matches because I just feel like a sexist asshole. But I really am. I praise it when I see it's good, but I am just calling it as I see it. Like, what is the end of this match? Can someone explain it to me? Because you have Ruby Soho, who's an outcast. She sprays the. She goes <laughs> with the green spray. Right. And then she throws it into Sheeta's hand, trying to do like the Eddie Guerrero belt shot thing, but she doesn't actually spray the spray. So right. no one has green paint on them. So why would the referee think anything had happened? Besides <laughs> what did happen, someone went and made the noise because there's no paint on anyone. So the ref is having to like, and then there's a second layer where the title doesn't change hands on DQ and AEW. So what the fuck is Ruby Soho doing? Just losing the match? Because if the ref did think that that happened, she'd, okay, this match is over, Karoshita retains. <laughs> huh? You're like twofold down the well of needing help. Like, I, I don't know how, like, it's so basic. Like, it's like so beginner level mistakes. Like, so the ball rolling around the ring looks awful to the degree that Sheeta just stops it. Like, Ruby goes for another and Sheeta just posts up on her looks like frustrated as hell and just turns it into a pin attempt because by this time the second one they go over like barely it's like 
it's not like i don't know it's just very beginner looking and man not good yeah not a lot to this one for me um uh, hope that we can get the sheeta title defense thing on track a little clunky last week bit of a stinker this week but look um, who she's in there with I know, but I, not that Emi Sakura is bad, but it's like Emi Sakura is out of practice. Like, can we get her in there with Willow Nightingale, Chris Statlander, like the, the wrestlers of this division? It's what is Ruby Soho doing here? I don't know. This is where the the two belts and the two divisions, neither of them really working, uh, works against them. I think. Yeah, it's. I'm becoming one of those people who just thinks that you probably should merge the CB or the TBS and world title or do like a two belts thing and just allow a few to percolate in that second spot to build number one contenders because it just ain't working, Tony. Just... Yeah, you, you think you could, you know, I'm almost like back to like, would you have just been better off to have, to have just kept this on Soraya a little bit longer then? Because because it's not doing anything for Sheeta for her to come out and have these clunkers against bad wrestlers like. Doesn't do a ton for the title. Well, you can't blame Philly, who's just been hot tonight for even some stuff I didn't like. The, the edge stuff, there are a lot of those things up there. And the opening segments. Philly was there tonight. And it's like, you can hear a pin drop two minutes into this match. And I don't blame them. Like, I don't think it's some sort of latent sexism thing. Like, the wrestling is just way worse than everything else you've seen that night. But, like, a giant margin. But Ruby Soho, there's a moment in this match where Sheeta is doing the head punches on the corner. We all know that spot. One, two. And I, here's my, this is Ruby selling. I'm not joking. Go, I encourage you if you think I am over-exaggerating to go back and rewatch when Ruby Stowe is standing in the corner taking the punches. But this is her. <laughs> oh, God. It's just like, I don't know. It's like, this is the match, Ruby. We're, this is it. Like, we're You're here. You're on TV. People can see you. <laughs> the red light. Go, go, go. I don't know, man tough oh uh, gummy does crimes was in the house tonight uh hope you had a great time gummy lots of good on this show saying most of my road just left to get food halfway through ruby sheeta and that's like a shame right it's uh but i, I would not blame them if i had to take a piss or was getting hungry it's like this is the this is the spot yeah actually could you saying i was watching this and wondering if ruby has some beef with sheeta that sheeta doesn't know about at least she'd stiffer then it would be super slow unless she just wants to, like sandbag her and make her look bad but Listen, I'd love if two of these people had issues got in there and settled them, you know? But this is the opposite. This is two people who look like they're great friends pretending to fight. They're, they're as close as it could humanly possibly be. Be like the Zoobs and I trying to get in there and throw hands. He couldn't even fake it well, you know? Well, we could, fake it. we could fake it well. We could, we could, if we'd done there and had a match, we'd, we'd be able to put on a... Yeah. Well, you know what would happen. We'd go we'd backstage be... and we'd just say... We got to give them what the, we got to lay it in. We're good friends. We got to, I'm going to hit you. You're going to hit me. And we're going to come out of it, shake each other's hands and buy each other a beer. That, that's what we'd have to do. Yeah. So the idea that we couldn't, that we couldn't fake it well, is, I think. Yeah. That's true. Mistaken. Yeah. Mistaken. We would definitely do better than these two. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jimbery uh, positing that maybe the cure is Thunder Rosa burning all bridges before our eyes. That does not feel <laughs> helpful. Um, Ashley Kutcher saying, oh yeah, it got to that already. Qui-Gon Jinjuice really pointing out like two belts for a division that gets one segment each show. Who cares about Rampage? Can't Rampage just become the women's show and get some identity? Like, I think that would help it. Like, I can't imagine TBS is like, no, no, come on, only one women's segment also on Rampage. Maybe they are. Renee is backstage with MJF. He's pretty hurt, but he says, I've got the longest reign on the line. I'm going to be there against Kenny Omega this Saturday. And then 
Samoa Joe enters. And I go, okay. Dun, dun, okay. dun, dun. Dun, dun. And he says, MJF, seems like you need a friend. I will be your friend if you grant me a rematch. And, you know, it was so not pro wrestling in the best way possible. MJF just like, yep, okay. Immediately makes the deal. <laughs> was it so many all wrestlers like, oh, the handshake. Oh, I don't know. MJF just like, Samoa Joe will be my ally as I go in to face Kenny Omega and Jay White. Yeah, <laughs> I'll shake the hand. And uh, he says, in exchange, though, once he's already shaking his hand, I get an- I get that rematch. Another shot at that belt. Which is fine by me. Samoa Joe should be the world champion. I'm more invested in him than anyone else on the show. I love when he's here. And it will actually be awesome if the spinoff is Kenny Omega Samoa Joe out of this. If he yeah. costs Kenny the win, and it's like, all right, no problem. Full gear, Joe Omega. I No build for Kenny MJF. That that complaint disappears. Fine. I just need to get to Joe and Ken. That's pretty sick. I hadn't thought oh, of that. That's pretty sick. I'm getting it in my ear, though. He's got the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. He's actually going to be in a, a 10-man with Michael <laughs> Nakazawa and the rest of the elite uh, yeah. against five guys no one's ever heard of. So so look forward to that. Okay. It's him and Jericho and one of the guys from 2.0. Oh, that is... Against, against the Callis family, but not the cash Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, so as you can tell, I wasn't very into the show at this point, but luckily, the most bankable for my enjoyment wrestler, maybe in human history, is up next here. As the, the very great Orange Cassidy, the very great Claudio Castagnoli, and the very great Brian Danielson are joined by the Rainmaker. Kazuchika Okada wrestles for the first time on dynamite now they said kazuchiko god has never been through our ropes on dynamite before that isn't true he was uh he ran in against when cole and hangman and jay for the four-way but first time he's wrestling and i gotta tell you zeus boy it's good to see okada yeah it is it is good you see (laughs) okada and you're like this is gonna be good and it was uh we got the okada claudio squaring off that i wanted forever and this it is so cool how big Okada is. Okada, one of the only guys in this company not dwarfed by Claudio Castagnoli. Just yeah. steps right up. Oh, bombs, bombs, bombs. Claudio trying to throw him around. Here comes off the ropes. Huge drop kick. Like, and the crowd literally stands up for Okada's drop kick. <laughs> he like squats down. Whoa, he's going to jump. It's, it's just so great to see. I actually thought the Claudio OC exchange, which we're getting a rematch of, I think next Wednesday on Dynamite, but it might be on Collision. I love those two together. OC has a way of just being light as a feather, and Claudio has a way of being the strongest guy who's ever lived. And so when they come together, I just think it's a really fantastic pairing. Of course, all the drama of Brian and Okada when they get back into ring with the arm commentary is very smart to call out that Brian's wailing on him with his other arm. I thought that was cool. I can't imagine not enjoying this match. I mean, the stakes are low, but besides that, this was every pairing of this was outstanding and it was just executed to. Um, a really, really high level, as you would expect from these four guys. Yeah, four absolute masters of the craft, I think is the word. Um, yes. I am struck by with it. It's just like, just absolute mastery. Um, yeah, struck the same thing you were. Like, Claudio is, is uh, you know, so big and so dominant and such a giant. And Okada just, like, stands there right with him. Like, no real, no real issues. Like, also has the incredible speed and the look and the aura and the way he carries himself and the huge presence. It's like really uh instructive and just like right okada's that fucking guy um so sick yeah this i mean this is one of those things right that like we've pointed out a lot in the last year aw is far from perfect not a perfect company but 
you got to be thankful that it exists sometimes and just sort of like enjoy the like this is crazy that that tony Cassidy is tagging with okada uh, uh, on dynamite against brian daniel and, and cesaro like and and, and claudio Casagnoli. they're just like having this match um and it has a fall like it's it's really special um and really cool and just makes you thankful um for the fact that it exists and and for all the faults like this is sort of the promise underneath is you know for two years we were on this channel and was like i keep it or kick it would be like will okada ever show up on AEW tv will he ever be on screen then it was like will they ever have a match it's like will they ever will they ever the last week of october 2023 six weeks out from a pay-per-view ever tag with orange cassidy (laughs) it is incredible it is so easy to take for granted that sort of stuff because we're borderline used to it which is um a shame in some ways but also important to recognize and very very just a treat to watch although a graphic does pop up while okada and claudio are going at it to let us know aw world's end and oh, by the way pay-per-view <laughs> on december 30th in new york city dude i gotta tell you december 30th i love that date for a pay-per-view cool idea yeah very cool idea uh hilarious oh, oh by the way we have a pay-per-view <laughs> in new york in december holy it's... guys <laughs> the day before new year's eve i don't know why that feels so good to me just like a saturday before you're buckling up that's like a dead period you know the after christmas and in between totally. new years like having a pay-per-view in there i got lots of time i'll be comfy and fat somewhere and uh take that one in very cool idea good good call great date great date choice i agree i agree and uh be very curious to see it's not the longest turnover after full gear almost exactly a month i think the 24th is full gear so five weeks a little shorter than your average AEW build so it'll be exciting to see what they put together for that world's end yeah. Here I was complaining about all the new pay-per-views, but, uh, you know, this one and uh, Wrestle Dream I was both excited for, so we'll see. Yeah, very cool. That was Dynamite, Zoops. You know, it's funny. I feel very comfortable with my score. As we were going through it, I was like, why did I give this a five? And then we got to the end, and I was like, right. I really like the main event with Okada wrestling. <laughs> five out of seven for me. Pretty good. Boy, I remember I remember the first time Okada showed up on this show, and you were like you can, how can you give a show with okada on it anything less, less than, than a seven, seven. <laughs> i'm a sicko now I'm a perverted guy with a broken brain who yeah. uh likes this company less than he used to they did this to you they did this no. to you. this is the thing it, you you saw this because you get all the you see the twitter account too i used to get nothing but shit for being an aw homer right and now it's like oh you're harder you're too hard on aw i'm just telling you what i think and they set the bar very high. I was a big homer for them. So when the, but my complaints aren't complex. Like literally where would this show be if it was just also had weekly Eddie Kingston, Samoa Joe, FTR, women's matches that were relevant and they would have signed Josh Barnett instead of being little cowards. <laughs> they could be getting sevens, baby. But they don't want it. Just that easy. Just sign Josh Barnett. 